World peace is going to come. Social justice is going to come. But before then, there'll be Armageddon. And man will be about ready to destroy himself when Christ comes back and going to set up an everlasting kingdom. Who's going to defeat the devil? Who's going to stop the wars? Who's going to feed the hungry? He is. Technology has made it so impossible to solve the problems of the world peacefully that we're now spending over $600 billion this year on arms alone throughout the world. And somebody's going to push that trigger. And one leader said this past week that he would welcome the Third World War, which could mean the destruction of the human race. But God has other plans for the human race. Oh, sinner, do not stray from the straight and narrow way for the lord is surely watching what you do if you approach the devil's den turn round don't enter in lest the hand of the almighty fall on you he'll fuck you up, fuck you up. yes god will fuck you up if you dare to disobey his stern command he'll fuck you up So you better do some praying while you can. Long ago, a man named Lot had a wife he thought was hot, but she could not stop her black and sinful ways. You know it was her own damn fault when God turned that bitch to salt. That's the way he used to work back in those days. He fucked him up. He really fucked him up. When the people went and turned their backs on him He can fuck you up, fuck you up. No shit, he'll fuck you up Just like he fucked the people up back then Good morning, uh, my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, blessed be his word in his house today. Um, welcome to Unevangelist Podcast. Uh, this is a, a production of Nifty Rocks Media, uh, so you can feel free to check out our other podcasts, Donors Point, uh, Charlie Manson's Fanny Pack. Um, yeah, so... This podcast is a kind of a solo project. Um, it is going to be a discussion and study of Bible and Quran verses, uh, Christian and Islamic beliefs. Uh, probably, I'm probably going to hit all religions at some point. Um, there's some that I have more distaste for than others. Uh, but, yeah, um, we're, we're basically, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that have forgotten a thing called critical thinking when it comes to religion. Uh, these people do not believe in Santa Claus. They do not believe in the Easter Bunny. Uh, they also do not believe in Zeus or Hera or, uh, you know, fucking Indra. They don't believe any of this, but they have no problem believing in a lot of silly things. Uh, for instance, today's sermon is going to be about Jonah and the whale, or great fish. Um, this is a lovely story that comes to us out of uh, the Old Testament of, of the Bible. Um, we will be doing some readings from that, and uh, we have a lovely hymnal lined up about uh, what Jonah and uh, God had a discussion about. Um, and if you're wondering what what my religious belief is I was raised Southern Baptist and um, 
they came up with this great idea that I was already a really good reader. And my parents had this great idea that a good way to punish me would be to sit me in my bedroom in the middle of my room away from all my toys and everything on a hard ass fucking kitchen stool and a King James Bible. And so I, learned, I read the Bible. I read the Bible a lot, and I started to have questions about things. And once I stopped, I found that, okay, there's no way that this can be true. It brought into question everything about it. And I ended up going on kind of a lifelong journey of exploring religion and religious beliefs and concepts and cultures. Um, obsessively, uh, because they had created this need for a God in me, and when I found out there wasn't a God, <laughs> I've still been trying to fill that hole, and now, and, and I was I was cool just to let everything go, everybody get along, I wasn't going to try and smear religions, but now we're living in a world where, at least in the, Amer in the United States, where the Christian evangelicals have started a war, basically, on everybody who isn't them. Um, they are actively trying to create a Christian theocratic nation, uh, a very fascist rule. Um, remember, heaven is not, a, is not a democracy. It is a, dicta a dictatorship, and they wanted to create heaven on earth. Uh, Non-Christians are not going to be allowed to have any rights if they're allowed to continue to exist. Uh, they have gone on this constant culture war against uh, all the LGBT uh, plus community. They've gone on wars against basically everybody. Uh, pretty much if you are to the left of shooting the homeless for sport, uh, you are an enemy of the Christian church, it seems. And so I've decided that the only thing I can really do is talk about it. Uh, help some people who are trapped in a world where they are trying to escape a religious background and move on with move on with their lives. I will try and help them. Um, I will try and, you know, and for people who are, who are like me and, you know, want to hear these crazy things in the Bible that, that people actually believe as literal fact, um, join me. And so here today, we're going to start our first episode with one of the, one of, one of the most heartwarming stories ever about God feeding a man to a fish. God said, go to Nineveh, all those folks to win over. Jonah said, nah, not Nineveh, I don't like those sin lovers. God said, go, Jonah said, no, the storm went blow. Jonah said, throw, and down he go, into the depths of the sea. God said, go to a fish, save my prophet, that's my wish. The fish said, oh, what a dish, swallowed him whole in a single swish. God said, go, the fish swam low through the flow. Jonah said, whoa, down he go, into the belly of the fish. Jonah said, oh, what a mess, I've done things wrong, I must confess, I'm so low, I could die, but I know God hears my cry. Jonah said, oh, you brought me low, I'm sorry, so save my soul. Up he go, spat onto the beach. God 
to go once again Nineveh needs your word to repent Jonah said, oh, I suppose all right I'll tell them there's woe if they don't get it right Jonah said, whoa, cause God says no The people went, oh, sorry, so save our souls And God saved everyone Jonah said, oh no, I guess God would forgive if they confessed. God's so slow to judge, he loves to forgive, never bears a grudge. God said go, Jonah said no, but God changed role, he washed their souls whiter than snow, cause rescues of the Lord. God said go, Jonah said no, but God changed role, he washed their souls whiter than snow, cause rescues of the Lord. All right, brothers and sisters. Well, um, today we will be reading from the book of Jonah. Um, And just FYI, whenever I'm reading from the Bible, I'm reading from the King James Version. And uh, now I know there are more modern versions uh, like the uh, NIV and whatnot. There are more modern translations. However, all Christian evangelical pastors use the King James. They, they might preach from the NIV version. They might, they might speak from the NIV version. But they will all say that the gold standard of the word is the King James version. And one day I'll, I'll, we'll talk about the history of King James and why there is a King James version. Um, but, for t- you know, this, this, uh, this is why I, I use the most archaic thing in the world is because it's what they consider to be the gold standard. Um, all right. So today we are reading from Jonah 1, chapter 1, verse 1. Um, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it, to go with them unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. All right, so what's going on here, and that is verses uh, 1 through 3, by the way. Um, What's going on here is uh, Jonah is like a, he's a preacher, kind of. Um, and he's he's hanging around in in Mediterranean, you know, Jeru- Israel area, and he's being told to go to Nineveh to preach the word of the God, word of word of God. Now, Nineveh during the time is basically um, it comes it's an ancient Assyrian city in Upper Mesopotamia, located where modern day Mosul is in Iraq. Uh, it is located on the eastern banks of the Tigris River and the capital and largest city of the Neo-Syrian Empire, as, long as, the, as well as the largest city in the world for several decades. So at the time, though, it was for, for a person like Jonah, uh, Nineveh would have been something along the lines of Vegas or better yet, Bangkok. Right. You're, you're, he's basically a, a southern farmer country boy being told to go to fucking Bangkok on a whim. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to go to Tarsus instead. Now, Tarsus, um, it's a Phoenician word. It occurs several times in the Hebrew Bibles and has several uncertain meanings. Some people believe it could be, it's described as across the sea from Phoenicia, which is in modern day Lebanon. 
Um, it could be in Sardinia, off the coast of Italy. It could also be in southern Spain. Um, so nobody really knows where Tarsus is, but you know, suffice it to say, it's a pretty good distance away from the Phoenician area where where uh, Jonah's kind of you know running away from God. Um, he's basically saying, "Nope, I'm not going there." And so he gets uh, he he finds these guys that are going to Tarsus, you know, a much calmer place, and says, "All right," pays their fee and gets on the ship. Well, God is pissed off about this because, you know, apparently Jonah is the only person in the fucking world who can go to Nineveh. Uh, And it continues in Jonah 1, chapter 1, verse 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah had gone down into the side of the ship, and he was fast asleep. Verse 6, So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. So if... So be if that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said every one to his fellow, come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then they said unto him, tell us, we pray thee for whose cause is this evil upon us? What is thine occupation and whence comest thou? What is thy country and what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. So what's happening here is, you know, uh, God gets pissed off and he starts trying to sink the ship with a storm. And all the people on the ship are from like different religions and different faiths and different parts of the Mediterranean world. So they all start, uh, they throw all their shit off to the side. And when that's not working, they start praying to all their different gods. And they wake Jonah up and they're like, hey, whose God are you? Whose is your God? And uh, what's going on? And he's like, well, I'm a Hebrew. And they they cast lots, which is like drawing straws, basically rock, paper, scissors. Um, And Jonah loses. And they're like, okay, well then, what did you do? And Jonah basically, uh, he he says, well, this is my fault. and continue in verse nine. He said unto the, uh, verse ten. He said, "Then the men were exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had already he had told them. They then said unto him, verse eleven, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous." And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that my sake, this great tempest, is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. So they were like, they were like hardcore trying, you know. They were, they were bros, being, bros before hoes, and they were going to try and save everybody. Like, all right, Jonah, well, you know, no matter what, we're going to try and save you, buddy. And God's like, nah, fuck you. Um, so verse 10, uh, 14, pardon me. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, we beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee. Let us not, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not upon us innocent blood for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. 
So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. And the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Uh, basically, they, they threw Jonah overboard, the, the storm stopped, and all of a sudden all these people were converted. Um, it's honestly, it's, first, it's the first mention of Jonah converting anybody in the Bible. Um, now, <clears throat> sorry, verse 17, the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, I actually did some research on what type of sea life lived in the Mediterranean, and the largest thing that was is there is called, um, oh, some kind of fucking whale. Um, it's a whale, this it's not a sperm whale, but it's like a huge fucking whale. And I actually learned a lot about fish, uh, well, whale digestion. So, like, Jonah would have, like, the way they eat is they open their mouths and they just kind of filter through. And everything goes into, like, this uh, first little chamber, right? Now, that chamber stays closed until the whale opens it on his own kind of like we open our mouth they open that chamber and what they'll do is they'll go up out of the water and they'll kind of drain a lot of the seawater out and then they'll open that chamber and things will flow into this where this other chamber where everything is then crushed it's not so much digested as it's crushed by the muscles in this chamber so jonah for three days wasn't crushed somehow. Um, we have to assume it was a whale because anything else there is large enough. And uh, we can't really de- rely on the Bible's version of taxonomy um, because they call bats birds in the Bible. So we really, we really can't rely on the Bible when it comes to, to that um, or much of anything. So the Jonah, after three days and three nights of being not digested by a giant fish, Praise unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly, and says, I cried by reason of mine affliction to the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell I cried, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hadst cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yes, that how, yet that, oh, Jesus Christ, old English. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord, my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple, which is apparently in the belly of a fish, that they, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. So, you, you caught that, right? Like, he gets it now. Three days of being eaten by a fish. That's right. God's good. <laughs> um uh, no, to, uh, TBD on whether or not Jonah's sacrifice was the fish that vomited him out. 
Um, yeah, we'll get back to you that as soon as the facts arise, of which you will find none in the story. Um, so God then again, I'm going to go ahead and paraphrase this, the next chapter of the Bible for a little bit. Uh, God again tells Jonah, go to goddamn Nineveh, you know, and preach it that I bid thee. So Jonah rose up and went to Nineveh. Um, according to nobody's word but God. And I say that because verse 3 of chapter 3 literally says, according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days journey. And he made it there in a day. <laughs> he got there and he said, in 40 days, Nineveh is going to be overthrown. And everybody believed him. They all believed him and proclaimed a fast and started wearing sackcloth. The king of Nineveh rose up from his throne and took his robe off, covered himself in sackcloth, sackcloth and sat in a pile of ashes. And basically, you know, somehow he converted the whole city of Nineveh with his ridiculous fish story. And... Um, this is believed by people like Ken Ham um, to be absolute fact. They say that if you start disputing the word of God, if you start saying that the word of God really means something else than what it says, well, then everything is up for grabs. And he's right. Uh, Kirk Cameron famously said, you have to circumnavigate people's intellect. And this story, to believe this story, you have to circumnavigate some intellect, basic four-year-old intellect. <laughs> um, it is a ridiculous story. Um, I don't, I mean, we, you can, we can go in for hours about how all the different ways it could be ridiculous. Now, is, is it possible that he was grabbed by a, a whale? Sure. You know, but he wouldn't have survived being eaten by the whale, not for three days. Uh, the pressure alone would have fucking killed him. Um, nobody saw him get spit out. He just went and told everybody this thing in Nineveh and said, hey, your city's going to be destroyed in four days and 40 days. And everybody believed him. Now, this is not written down anywhere in the Assyrian history. Uh, at no point in Assyrian history do they agree that, yeah, then that weird guy smelling like a fish who ran three miles journey in one day, he, uh, he told us we were going to die. And so I just covered myself in fucking ashes and, you know, said, okay, then <laughs> no man eat or drink and, uh, maybe God will forgive us. And uh, actually God did say that, he, you know, God forgave them and that he would not harm the city. And then if I continued on. Um, and like I said, it mentioned this in no history. The only place this is mentioned is a giant fish story about a man who write, wrote a book about himself and it got put into a book with a whole bunch of other fish stories. And, uh, well, that's, that's our sermon today. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, later sermons will be more in depth as I get into more, uh, deep issues, but this is just a sample. Um, I don't know what I'm going to talk about next. Uh, I could go with Moses, but Moses is going to take a lot. Uh, Moses did a lot of things. Um, but when I start unpacking Moses, you start really unpacking the, uh, the legitimacy of uh, the Hebrew religion at all. And, you know, you start, you, you start to get into kind of dangerous territory there. Um, so we'll, we'll unpack that slowly. I, I think we'll, we'll avoid Moses for now. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll start looking. Maybe we'll look at some of the, uh, 
Yeah, that's right. We'll talk about David, the early years. Next, our next sermon will be about David's early childhood and uh, his, his his rise to power. A great genocidal fucking musical maniac. Um, so yeah, uh, and be sure to uh, tune in after a short break here, which will not really exist for you guys. And I will be giving you some. Uh, all right, now we're back. So, um, I got a question for you. If you're, if you grew up in the late '90s or 2000s or even '80s, shit, fuck it. If you've grown up and you were in church, do you remember the feeling, right? That that feeling of needing to belong, of actually belonging with something. Do you remember if you've left the church? Do you remember? Looking back now, on the, does it feel the same? If I were to play something for you, would it would it bring back good memories or bad memories? Let's let's test that out with uh, with this episode's um, songs of praise and hymns to invitation. And here we go. A little clip for you. My, my palms are already sweating. So glad you came to save us. And now I'm triggered. Absolutely ludicrous. Praise him. Yeah, so that's enough of that. Um, if that song touched you, <laughs> if you feel a little bit violated by that, uh, be sure to tune in on every episode. I'll find something else that'll trigger that same feeling, that same memory. And this week's reason is uh, every every sermon, or well, every time, every Sunday at church. At the end of the sermon, there'll be a little hymn, and during which the preacher will call the faithful or those who have been recently discovered they need Jesus to come forward in the to come up to the front and and pray for forgiveness and accept Jesus into their heart. And my version of this is to play a little song to remind you of what it felt like, and then invite you to leave that shit behind. Right, leave that shit behind. And every every episode, um, I'm not paid by these by these organizations. I will do a brief rundown on an organization that helps people find a, a community, find support, find help. Um, oftentimes, therapists uh, and and substance abuse counseling and marriage counseling and like all of that has like a heavy Christian lean on it. 
Um, there's a lot of faith-based programs out there. Even even like uh, AA and Alcoholics Anonymous and whatnot, they do this whole masking. Oh, well, it's a higher power. We don't say God, which is, it's fucking God, right? You're basically saying that there is something out there stronger than you. Um, and they always use this stupid arguments like, well, you could believe in that doorknob is a higher power. Well, no, what they're really trying to do is get you to open your, open the idea to the possibility of a Jesus being out there. Um, so today's organization, and again, I don't, I don't make a dime off of this. I am in no way a spokesperson for these companies, but I find them to be helpful, and I wish stuff like this had been around when I was trying to navigate my way out. Um, today we're going to be talking about recoveringfromreligion.org. Um, I will put up a link at the end of the website. Um, and their website is, is very easy to navigate. Um, they, you know, uh, their, their tagline at the top, doubt your beliefs, have questions about changing or leaving your faith. You are not alone, and we are here to help. I felt so alone when I was leaving it. And my whole family was rejecting me. They were basically convinced me that if I didn't believe this nonsense, if I didn't live this way according to a belief based in all this nonsense, that there was something fucking wrong with me. And, I'm not, and now I know I'm not alone in that, right? Um, if you need somebody to talk to, you can call... Uh, <laughs> You can call 84-I-DOUBT-IT, uh, which is 844-368-2848. Um, you can also click on their website to make a little web chat. Uh, you can schedule a conversation to call with somebody. Uh, they have all kinds of resources for um, like substance abuse, um, family crises, exploring belief system, uh, critical thinking skills, history and philosophy of non-belief. Um, they can help you recover from religious harm, uh, which is an actual thing called religious trauma syndrome, or RTS. Um, and if you don't know what RTS is, there is a lot on here that explains it. And if you grew up in a Christian family and you now kind of deal with some issues with that, believe me, you probably have it. Um, <laughs> also, it, the, it, they're open not just for Christians as well, any religion. Um, you there you can get their virtual support meetings they have virtual support group meetings uh you they have trained agents that will give you that they can help point you the way uh they have a secular therapy project which connects you with therapists that offer only evidence-based and non-religious treatment um yeah, and, and they have they also have these live online talks where a variety of speakers, uh, including survivors of religious abuse and leading experts in religious trauma, recovery, relationships, grieving, and more. Um, this is basically this is a really good uh, really good website. It's a really good fucking resource. Um, get out there, get some help, get the hell away from this nonsense. Uh, they are winning. They are taking over the world. They want no one that's not them left behind. Get out of it. Get out of it help others out of it find help for yourself um i've been i there's been times i've been in desperate need of like some sort of drug treatment uh drug substance abuse treatment and um because of my rejection of religion was kind of left with no no real options you know or so i thought nobody told me about these things and if i do nothing if if my whole show does if i don't make a dime off of it i don't really care if i can get one person if I can get one person to start thinking critically and and to to walk away from this bullshit and to have a happier life without all the need of this nonsense Jesus mess, 
if if I can if I can help one person with that, then my life, my experience have not been for nothing. Um, I've been at war with the church my entire life. Um, it's it's got me in prison before. Uh, it's I've been at war with these people forever, and now they're now everybody's starting to see what I've been talking about all my life. These Christian nationalists are insane, and. You know, it's it's not getting any better, and the only way it can get better is if our if the numbers of people against them get better. So, uh, yeah, go check it out, recoveringfromreligion.org. Uh, share a link to it in your Facebooks or Twitters or whatever's. Um, uh, you can feel free to uh, email me at stonerspointpod at gmail dot com. Uh, put in the subject line unevangelist. Uh, and uh, if you have any questions or comments or you want to send like a voice recording, I'll get it on the air if I can. Um, so until next time, folks, remember there is life after Jesus. And we're not just talking about the resurrection. Um, there is there is hope. But first, you got to get away from everything telling you you can't do it. And um, on that note, I will uh, we'll head on out of here. It just doesn't get better the second time around. It, it no. God, this is this is horrible. Absolutely horrible. Wait, wait. I think. Oh my God, is that the Holy Ghost? Oh God, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. I'm saved. I'm saved. I've seen the light. Jesus Christ has entered my body like the priest and the little boy.